If you're not failing, you're not winning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the greatest podcast on earth. We would like to thank our sponsor for this episode, EvapoRust, the original super safe rust remover, non-toxic, environmentally safe water-based formula that removes rust without the hassle of scrubbing. It is biodegradable and is also reusable several times before the solution is spent. Also, don't forget about their amazing safe erase paint remover. Check them out on Instagram at EvapoRust. I'm Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks, joined by my co-host, Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Works. And today, we have the amazing Brandon from Whiskey River Trading Co. What's up, Brandon? Hello, how are you? Fantastic. How's it going, guys? Good, What's good, up, sucker? Good. Thanks for having I me haven't seen I haven't seen your face in a while. Um, I know. You're, you've cleaned up your beard, thank God. It's been like so a, hot. It's been so yeah. hot. Yeah, it's I had ridiculous. to put it off. It's yeah. ridiculous. Where are you at, Brandon? Let's I'm in Wisconsin, you. southern Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Right yep. on. So tell us about, uh, you're the owner, operator, founder of Whiskey River Trading Co. Yep, Whiskey River Art and Trading Co. I uh, founded it found it in uh, 2016. So uh, we do a wide range of things. We weld art. Uh, we... Uh, sell antiques and then we also uh, are in the niche axe slash replacement handle business all right tell us how you got started in that uh i grew up uh my father was a timber frame carpenter built built and restored barns uh from the 1800s so i just kind of grew up around the tools and it kind of comes uh, with the territory so um yeah that's i kind of so found myself in that in <laughs> that was so anticlimactic. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I, I, uh, I honestly, you know, a lot of artists uh, kind of struggle to sell work, so I needed something to fill the gaps in between selling sculptures. So uh, I started uh, just started a retail store uh, selling on eBay, Etsy, and on uh, my own platform. So um, that filled in the gaps for for the cash flow of selling art. So you started so, this in 2016. Yeah, I've been welding sculptures since I was like 14, uh, but yeah, I started this retail uh, section uh, when I was, uh, or in 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. So whenever whenever Brandon's saying, well, I do sculptures, like the scale of his sculptures are freaking huge. Like he's got this um, en- enormous elephant. You have an enormous yeah. freaking horse. You have a huge peacock. <laughs> So yeah. talk, talk to us about those, if you don't mind. Yeah, so so I, I started welding garden art. You know how it is, like, find a bunch of pieces and parts, found object, weld it together, for and sell it to old ladies for their gardens. Uh, and when I went to college, I went to school in New Mexico, so I kind of found Western folk art and started doing more, uh, like, rebar and, uh, I guess, uh, sheet metal stuff. And when I moved back home to Wisconsin, I... Uh, connected with a couple other artists and we started this collective called Whiskey River Art and Trading Uh, and they worked for me and um, we kind of collaborate on sculptures. Lately I've only been doing about one day a week. In the winters it's a lot heavier. Um, Most of my time is put towards this retail business but um, but yeah we 
we just finished or well we're just finishing up it's been about a year uh an elephant head sculpture that hangs on the side of a building or on a post and it has um it has a fire pit that's held in the trunk uh, oh the i didn't know that that's awesome yeah so so it's actually like a um i guess a interactive piece people can sit around it and such so um and then in 2018 we built uh we built a rearing horse sculpture that's life-size so it's 11 and a half foot tall it's actually uh styled after a friend of mine's horse so um yeah where can people see all that stuff at uh that's on etsy so whiskey river trading uh at etsy yeah they're they're available on there otherwise on my instagram page i I post axes art. Uh, yeah, I didn't see any piece. of that stuff on there. That's crazy. Yeah, it's yep. pretty cool. Uh, it, so, like, dial me in on how long it took you to do that freaking horse. So, whenever he says it's life size, it's fucking life size, and it's yeah, it it it's very impressive. And I can't yeah, even imagine the amount of hours that went into that freaking thing. We kind of stopped counting. Come on. There goes my headset. There goes my headset. I was like, Jeez. "Come on, I won't touch my mic." <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so uh, I kind of stopped counting at three uh, hundred ish hours. We kept track, and then it, at the end, we were trying to get it done for a show, a trade show that we were gonna like debut it at, and um, and we just worked like day and night on the thing for about a week straight. So I'd say probably around four or five hundred hours. We have into it. Awesome. That's exactly yeah. how I got started in the metal art world. I was we yeah. were selling sculpture. Every year I would make sculpture the entire year, and one day we would have a sale out in front of my house. But I was doing all foul material sculptures too. You're, Same thing. You would work all year on one sculpture or build up? No, build a bunch of different sculptures, and then it was just a side gig for me. We did it for like uh, probably did it for seven years before I got into blacksmithing. But cool. I enjoyed the hell out of it, man. I was going to all yeah. the farm auctions, buying up all the old farm equipment and pieces of machinery and broken stuff and mm-hmm. doing the same thing, selling garden art and stuff like that. That's how I marketed it. I loved marketing towards women, older women. <laughs> for sure. I'm serious, they dude. They flowers. Would... I mean, it's yeah. not rare for them to put $1,000 into just seeds in a year. And, exactly. And so like a $50 thing on a stick to stick in their yard. Yeah. All about it. And yeah. it doesn't die, so. Exactly. Flowers were a huge thing, man. I was welding yeah. flowers for, like, two years straight, just made out of old garden shears and stuff like that. It's like, because they sold so fast. They were easy. Yeah, I uh, I kind of te- steered away from that. I kind of only right. wanted to do just sculptures, but, um, and I, we do a lot of, uh, I kind of think in numbers, uh, and, and the design of uh, a life, uh, like a life-size sculpture, like a horse right. or an elephant, it's uh, all math. Get the the shape right, you know, and then you can right. kind of tweak it from there. But it gets you like 85% there. Uh, so it's all, we have an equation and a big whiteboard in the shop, and we have a big printout, and it's it's pretty much all math. And then uh, if Chris it looks doesn't, weird, we Chris doesn't it. understand math. You got you got to bring us down a little bit. You well, you're style, but. Uh, freestyle anymore ah <laughs> uh, you follow uh jordan spriggs the i guy don't from, the guy from australia that does those he does he's like one of the world-renowned animal sculpture people from uh found materials he builds giant horses and bulls and 
all kinds of crazy stuff. But yeah, I follow the guy from uh, the Dakotas that does that. He's got uh, he's most mostly bison and that Clydesdale sculpture that's like dragging the plow. I can't remember. His yeah, name. yeah, that is badass. I know exactly what you're talking Fra- about. That. Uh, not Frank. Uh, yeah. I can't remember his name. He doesn't, uh, matter. doesn't matter. We're here to talk matter. about doesn't you, matter. buddy. <laughs> Well, whatever. I actually stumbled upon his studio one day when I was in that on that Montana trip that uh, Roy knows I was doing uh, last year. I just like rolled into this town for coffee and came across that guy's studio and his gallery. It's amazing. Damn. Um, That's yeah. So are you doing the sculpture thing every day? No, I'm like one day a week I do sculptures and then uh, okay. the, uh, it's kind of evolved. It was every day. Now it's switched to axes and handles um, because sorry. that's just. Uh, kind of oh my god you fucking asshole <laughs> I, I mean honestly it's it's like my brain likes the numbers so it wherever i get to enjoy the numbers game is is what i like doing so um, so so what do you what do you consider um these this horseshoe art stuff that you're doing these names um because you just posted something on instagram and you had like a whole stack of them that you were doing uh, I like, last night um so what do you what do you call those I mean, is that uh, your one-day-a-week sculpture stuff? Uh, that's Yeah, that's a, at the moment, yeah. Uh, with COVID, a lot of people are working on their horse barns and stuff. So we have uh, – I make these stall plates out of horseshoes for the horse's name. And they go on Etsy. They order them per letter and, you know, pick out the letters. And uh, I weld those up. Um, I've been doing those for, like, 10 years now. Uh, so that has been my one-day-a-week of sculptures. I, I did it last night, welded a bunch up, so – yeah. So, how often? I mean, are you letting these things queue up? Because I mean, how many did you do last night? Uh, I think eight or nine. I just weld them until I um, until I either run out of shoes or I'm uh, um, I'm just tired. So, I just I, I guess it's hard to do more than ten in a like a, after the workday. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I just do them whenever I have time and it's cool out. Uh, that's kind of been lately. So the heat broke last night, so I got out in the shop. So let's talk about what you do every day. Yeah. Uh, the Whiskey River I, Trading Co. Yeah. So I sell uh, I sell axes, uh, American-made axes by Council Tool Company out of North Carolina, and then I sell replacement handles for vintage and. I guess new axes for uh, anybody who's restoring or looking just for replace a broken handle. So he's being modest, Chris. So Whiskey River is kind of the premier place to get um, premium replacement handles for um, the you know the backyard guy that wants to fix up a an axe and you like know, you. it's not it, it exactly like me. Um, I yeah. buy a hundred percent of my handles from Whiskey River, and I and I <laughs> I, pawn, I pawn them off as my own. Uh, Shocker <laughs> there. Real talk, Roy hates my handles, so it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it has nothing to do. With you he just nitpicks some work apart when he wants when he can't make his own handle. Oh so. God! Come so on. So the but. part that was in. Intriguing to me why I wanted to have you on is Roy told me you're taking other craftsmen stuff and basically mm-hmm. selling their wares. And right. I guess you make a little, the craftsman makes a little, you're doing collabs. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's it's like what we call a collective. And that's what Whiskey River kind of started doing. I used to sell a bunch of other people's art because I like selling things, uh, okay. paintings, jewelry, stuff like that. So uh, 
last year around this time I was on a trip and I was like thinking about where I wanted to steer Whiskey River and that was that I wanted to start working with other artists more and helping them market their work. Uh, this is something that most artists struggle with is to sell their work. I don't right. know you personally if you if you uh, hate that part of it, but um, Roy's love, that's that. my favorite yeah. part. Of yeah, it. I, I, <laughs> I feel like three of us might not be the the majority here. Yeah, yeah, um, I understand. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I I came up with this idea to work with Todd Elder at Elder Anvil in North Carolina. I met him at a show, Appalachian Axe Meet. And we came up with uh, kind of a carving axe design. And then, yeah, Roy, the first run, Roy did the handle. And then uh, Colton of Red Nose Leather did the uh, leather. And um, it's kind of a collective, almost like an old style guild uh, project where everyone has their own um, expertise. So I got to correct you. That wasn't entirely true. Uh, Todd did the heads. You contacted Hoffman. He supplied the handles, oh, yeah. and I right, yeah. and I yeah. couldn't get one uh, one handle to hang properly just because I mean that yeah. and honestly that's why I started making saw- handles because you're fucking <laughs> 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 um so well it I mean was, the yeah it worked yeah so mm-hmm. and so the next run was whenever I did uh, all the handles for you. Yeah. Yeah, so Roy's been involved, but I've also brought on uh, Taylor Putnam. He does curly maple handles, which are super cool, and he also has been starting to do the grinds and sharpening the axes. So I'm looking to start, I guess we've got a run of draw knives coming out soon that are forged by Todd Elder, and then J.C. Messer is going to be doing the leather. Um, And then then they go on the website. So it's kind of a cool thing. Each each maker gets paid as their step is finished, and then uh, I put them on my website and I only offer them to my email subscribers. So I have a large email list and uh, they're the first people to hear about the projects when they hit the website. Um, and oftentimes it's, they sell out relatively quick. So, um, you know, again, he's being modest, like within yeah. minutes to an hour or so. Um, they, yeah, they go super freaking fast. Yeah. And it's just, um, uh, I use it as a reward for the people who are subscribed to our newsletter, uh, which is uh, plug, shameless plug, at the bottom of our homepage, whiskeyrivertrading.com, email address in the bottom. Uh, that's We we really uh, try to help those guys out uh, with special deals and offers. and um, Yeah. So. so is that the advantage to being on the email list? Yeah, right. You get you get the first dibs on all these guild projects or these uh, maker projects that we're doing, mm-hmm. and then you also get um, when we drop a- inventory on our website, like new handles and such. They're the people who get the first um, the first dibs at it. Um, we tell them a day early than what we post on social media, and oftentimes the handle sizes sell out uh, to just our subscribers before they even hit the website. So. That's so uh, real talk, Brandon, um, I get I get people complaining to me uh, about, well, Whiskey River, they've got all these freaking handles. And whenever I go on their website, they're all sold out. And it's probably because of what you just said. Um, right. It's exactly. I never put I never put the two and two together. And I just I was like, dude, if you have a problem with their freaking inventory, contact them. Don't go through me because he's right. doing his own fucking thing. 
Yeah, um, honestly, that's a that's a problem that I have uh, with my. I mean, uh, I actually got 20 emails yesterday. I counted, and that was um, all people going, "Why you're always sold out? You're always sold out." And I have to reply, "Are you you know subscribed to our newsletter?" And and they're like, "No, you never have anything in stock." And it's like, "Well, I shipped 300 handles out, uh, you know, this week." or earlier, like between in three days, basically. So obviously I have stuff in stock people are buying. It's just they're going to the newsletter subscribers, which I want to reward for listening to my ramblings every week, uh, twice a week. So, yeah. That's Wait, just how, you, said, how you write I, up a newsletter twice a week? Yeah, we send out an email newsletter twice a week. Yep. Holy shit. How big do you want to make this thing, Brandon? I mean, uh, our eyes are right on the tail end of Duluth Trading Company, so... Uh, it's, uh, wait, 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 slow down a second. (laughs) So you want to, you want to make it big? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So are you going to expand on what you're offering? Yeah. So I would actually, I'm really kicking around the idea of trying to sew a wall tent. This is random, but sew up a wall tent to learn how to build wall tents. Uh, and I want to live in it in November out on the land here. What uh, the fuck is a wall tent? <laughs> What's well, a wall Troy, tent? Troy knows what a wall tent is from out west, right? Um, no. they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah, it's, it's canvas like, tents. It's like an almost a, it's a permanent temporary it's structure. A base camp tent. You would see like elk hunters and, uh, or back in the 1800s, right? They would make these temporary towns with, it's literally white canvas walls and they have a wood stove in them. Oh, uh, okay. okay. So I, I want to learn how to sew those, uh, and I would like to start offering those as a product. But we sell knives right now. Uh, we're getting into that market. Um, I, I'd like to get a little bit more into the leather market um, and uh, backpacks. Uh, I mean, pretty much anything is uh, is free game. So whenever you talk about this Walton, so this is the first I've heard of this. Um, yeah. So whenever you're talking about that, like that's going to be some pretty heavy investment in equipment. And also you're going to need a pretty big space to be able to manipulate all of that um, fabric and shit and then to store all of that stuff too. So, yep. I mean, I know you're like in the beginning stages of it, but I mean, walk us through some of those logistics if you don't mind. Right. So I have um, my warehouse is kind of like has a bunch of flex space in it that I rent uh or I rent space in this warehouse that has flex space. So setting up tent and like trying that out, I do have the space available to do that. Um, I, I've been looking at a few sewing machines. They actually have a double footed sewing machine to sew those because the seams are, uh, you know, thick, they overlap a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's basically just canvas, uh, waterproof canvas. You buy it, you know, by the roll and, um, have you ever sewed anything in your life? Actually, won an award. Believe it or not, Roy, I am, I am relatively good at sewing. My grandmother said... Uh, oh, um, shit. He's got a blue, my grandmother a said blue that, ribbon, Roy. My grandmother, <laughs> my a layer my grandmother of Brandon that. I never knew. Yeah, I'm weird. Uh, so my grandmother told me that I, had, uh, I, I might not always have a woman around. She, well, that, she was wise at a very yeah. young age, and uh, <laughs> so she taught me how to sew. And I entered like a quilt quilting competition when I was a kid. And what? I, I've sewn quilts, pillows. I I can thread a sewing machine. I can hand sew. I mean, sewing similar to welding on how you have to like understand how two pieces go together. It's like fabrication. Brandon, and, 
Brandon, her. let's not get carried. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> let's, not, let's not get carried away. <laughs> Sewing is similar to welding. Fabrication. There you go, gentlemen. You heard it here. I understand what you mean. I'm just busting so, balls. So, um, I would like to move into the wall tent thing, and I, I, I would like to sew one and then live in it for a month to see if, like, you know. What do I need to improve to make this product better? And, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd dial that down to like a weekend to make sure it doesn't leak first, then go for do a month. You, you uh, might be rolling the dice on that one there, buddy. Don't so, worry. Roy looks like he lives in a wall tent. Fuck off. <laughs> Is that similar to a yurt? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, like, uh, it's like conventional, uh, you know, nylon tent, wall tent, yurt, cabin. So, oh, because my brother lived in a yurt for a year. On a, uh, a wall tent can be built on a platform just like a like a yurt is yeah. oh okay and stuff but but some guys also put them right on the ground and they set up in 10 minutes just like a normal tent uh 10 to 15 uh with two people so um yeah i i've actually never slept in one before but it's just been a thing that i know a lot of uh a lot of guys are looking for a, like a quality option that's um that is um able to be modified and have windows put the, what they want where they want and different um awnings and such. so yeah so i got a i got a i got a wall tent story for you if you want to hear it mm-hmm. i can only hear it go <laughs> so um this was i don't know a long uh, several years ago 10 12 years ago whatever uh in the middle of freaking idaho there's a river um it's a creek it's called weedis creek um and it takes about four hours to get there, five hours from Spokane, and then it's another five-mile hike into where the river turns into really good fishing. Anyway, a buddy and I were walking back there, and it opens up into this big meadow, and there are two huge wall tents already set up. It's clearly an elk outfitter camp, um, but we went before elk season, and whenever whenever um you you run up on one of these things it's not just a fucking tent chris it's it's like an entire village village. yeah um so they're they're on platforms open up the doors it's got a stove it's got a kitchen fully stocked with canned goods full bed you can put a full full bed in these yeah so what do they do they like backpack all this stuff in like what's no the no they made out of horse probably horse no, right? horses they do it on a horse yeah. train okay but what's the what's the platform made out of two by four two by six they're hauling like two by fours out into the middle of nowhere to make a yeah. platform for this thing you've clearly yeah, never been insane. out west <laughs> no or... no i haven't yeah, yeah that's how they but do everything. a lot of guys a lot of guys will also uh they make rolled up mats that are like uh-huh. a like a some sort of synthetic material that rolls out onto the ground, kind of like AstroTurf, and you can backpack that in as a big uh, roll on a horse. So, and they'll have like a that's the temporary floor on the ground. No shit. Yeah. So my buddy and I, we we walk yeah, up. Yeah, onto I'm this. sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your riveting story. Go ahead. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> so we we walk up on this um, on these tents and open up the doors, and we're like fucking jackpot. So. We we scavenged. Hang on, some pause fish. for a second. <laughs> you just walked up to this place and opened up the doors. Like yeah, it's not so even your place. That, you just like went in. Well, it. they send so they the, send the, people the, in to set the tents up beforehand, right? 
Exactly. So that's oh, why I was given. Okay. That's why I was given context of how far away it was. There's gotcha. literally no one around, right? Gotcha. And it's before elk season. So these guys that um, lease the land from the Forest Service, they they have contracts where they've got this little plot and they've got a hunting area that they are only confined to. So they want they want all their freaking clients to live like you know tits mcgee Royalty. for the week that they're paying for because they pay it like thousands of dollars for these elk hunts so whenever like um you know dirt merchant backpackers like me and my buddy walk in we're like fucking jackpot we don't have to eat our dehydrated meals we can we can eat these guys fucking canned goods there was a thing of <laughs> there was a thing of scotch <laughs> that my buddy he fucking killed it over the weekend we did leave a $20 bill on the table when we left. For oh, yeah. a $300 <laughs> bottle of scotch. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Roy. Hey. I mean, <laughs> Opportunity, so, right. You know, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. And, uh, you know, we, <laughs> it is what it is. So, Chris, I will say that uh, if you go on YouTube and Google wall tent, it's quite boring, so... Oh, just yourself that. It's just like a bunch of people showing you their tent with their shaky camera. It's like really like, oh, this is where I sleep. Don't mind the mess, you know. So right save yourself from that. But yeah, I mean, Whiskey River's uh, slowly adding product and trying to steer towards an outdoor crowd um, and and kind of market to more of the masses. Um, and and this this uh, this. Uh, artisan project where we're bringing on makers and uh that's kind of helping us get ideas for more products and i uh, taylor grinds just uh or taylor putnam just had uh, uh like uh the idea for us to sell some of the knives that he made so we put some of those on there and and that's cool and um so yeah i i guess that's where we're moving well, towards well so what i what i told um the other guys whenever i was on Whenever we had JC on here, um, I was saying that you are you're 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 bringing all these people together where customers are familiar with what you're doing, and maybe your customer base is a lot larger than than mine. Maybe it's a lot larger than Todd Elder, and or they just don't even exactly. And maybe they just don't they didn't even know that Todd Elder existed, or they didn't know how to get in touch with him to get something right. Um, that he's doing. Um, right. And also a byproduct of this is that it's real money that's being made in, in on Todd's end anyway. He invested that back into the Elder Anvil and mm-hmm. what he's getting a uh, press and different equipment and everything. So it's right. really freaking awesome mm-hmm. for the makers themselves. Yeah, I think that as, as an artist, I always struggled with like holding an art piece, right? That you spent months on and then it never sells right or it takes forever to sell and that that money and that time is just held up in that and uh who's the cop are the cops coming that's, for somebody? that's real shit <laughs> he lives out in the middle of nowhere and you hear more kentucky siren. over here mute, mute what are they coming microphone. about some meth house mute your yeah. fucking mic Jesus oh my god Christ. so up, this is what i deal with brand they're coming you know I'm... no chris they're coming for that 300 bottles <laughs> 300 god, bottle of scotch <laughs> he's stealing scotch out of idaho he doesn't even realize that he has a fucking <laughs> ambulance outside of his house and just looking at the camera with this i know i was like which one of you idiots is that Jesus. it's definitely not me it's um, not me yeah so Dude. anyway um so the uh 
So a hard thing as an artist, right, is to, to hold all this time and not sell your work. So right. like going to an artist and saying, I will pay you what you want for this piece, right, as you finish it. And I buy it, I hold the risk, and then I take it and I switch it to the next guy who's going to put the handle on it. And I pay him and he... You know, Roy likes it because it's it's easy. It's there's no risk. shocker there. <laughs> shocker <laughs> there. He doesn't have to worry about it selling. It's just it's automatically money in his pocket as he finishes. So that's something that as an artist is uh, almost invaluable uh, to not have that risk because that's pretty much what our jobs are is is risk. So um, so yeah, it helps Todd have money in his pocket to be able to buy machinery or whatever. I mean, honestly. Um, and it's just guaranteed. Um, and then, that yeah, is super freaking cool, man. That is really cool. Are you actively searching for more craftsmen and more artists to work with? Uh, I'm always open to it. I, so that's a no. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So we've since since starting the project, we we've had uh, a lot of people reach out saying like, "Hey, my friend does this," or "Hey, I do this," and um, it's all put into a a, a document, and we. Uh, when we're looking for someone who does something like that, we can go through that list. It's kind of a vetted process. Anybody that I work with at this point is someone I really trust and enjoy how they work and how they run their social media and how they present themselves. Um, this isn't, I don't want to just bring, you know, um, anyone that I don't know. I mean, just because you, just because you do, uh, blacksmithing, right. Doesn't mean that you're someone who's going to work well with me <laughs> and, yeah. and this whole structure. Um, and, so it's a vetted process. A lot of the guys that um, are involved, I've been working with on, on and off with projects for about three, two or three years. So, um, and I've camped with them and I've, um, I've traveled with them. I mean, Roy. There it is. There's, <laughs> the, there's the end right there. It always goes back to all these guys hanging out in the tent, drinking whiskey, cooking. I, meat. I, fuck. I mainly, uh, Roy and I spent a lot of time in a car together, actually. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, we have. I'm at you and I have spent. I think I've spent the most time with you in a car than I have with anyone in the last two oh, years. <laughs> there sorry. you go. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, but and I also sleep at Roy's house all the time. I mean, he honestly like 15 times probably at this I'm point. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I have to well, sleep in his upstairs, which is ungodly hot. But uh, <laughs> it really isn't. What an asshole! Yeah, balcony that oaks over the staircase. It's massive up there. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a little warm. Um. Talk about these trips you made, Brandon. I see you going yeah. out to where'd you go, Montana, or where the hell'd you go? Where you went yeah. for a week and you said you turned your phone off and. Oh, yeah, it was actually thirty days. Uh, the only I had a burner phone. I went and bought a burner phone, and I gave uh, I gave only ten people. Five or ten people, my phone number for what that. What was the name of the cartel you were working for at the time? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it was actually the Canadian cartel, or the Mormon <laughs> cartel. Uh, no, the, uh, so Got that I, B BC bud, yo. <laughs> so what'd you do? What was the purpose of the trip? Travel, I used to travel a bunch early on, uh, and I would just be off the grid, and I'd go by myself for 30 days and just road trip. Um, and this was, I, I just wanted to switch my mindset from traveling to go to trade shows. I did 22 trade shows in, um, in 2019, uh, I had scheduled. So in the middle of that, I took a month off and I, I just hit the road. Um, I, I left Wisconsin and my goal was to get to Montana and I didn't once I got to Montana, I was just going to bomb around, figure out what I wanted to do and just organically find stuff. Um, 
I kind of wanted to look at real estate out there to maybe move uh, out there in the future. So, um, uh, yeah, I went to Glacier. I mean, you have to when you go to Montana. I went to Glacier National Park. Um, I went to, um, I stayed in a town called Lewistown, which is actually like the center of the state. It's cowboy country. I play cowboy a lot on trips and I like ride horses. And, you know, yeah, when uh, he says he plays cowboy, he makes up some weird fictitious name. So he's driving down the road going, let me think of a cool name. And I forgot the I forgot the game you were playing. Like it's it you like tell me like so whenever you and I were talking about these silly fucking cowboy games whenever we went down to North Carolina. Oh, like I forgot that conversation. I forgot uh there, there was a rule. <laughs> what what like how did how did you come up with it? What what were the names based well, I, on or something? I can't tell you my alias that I go by. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I have to use a fake name sometimes, you know. So anyway, um, so I, I did. Uh, what am I, I listening did... to right now? I don't I... know what's going on. Guys, I apologize 100%. You guys listening to this show, I have no idea what's going hey, on. This is what Roy and I talk about all the time. People, um, people wonder what we talk about here. <laughs> This is what we talk about. Um, <laughs> Brandon, but, I can almost 100% assure you that nobody's wondering what you two are talking about. <laughs> well, Matthew Justice does, so. Oh, um, well, well, there you go. Well, Aaron, that, 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 explains, that explains everything. Oh, man, it always goes back to Matthew Justice. Oh, God. Matthew Justice, seriously, I know you guys give him shit for his hats, but yeah, I love, that, love that guy. Seriously, that Say guy is a great teacher. Like when I listen to him, I want to, I want to like hear everything he's saying. Right on. It's kind of the opposite Matt, of Roy. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so what did you, what, what kind of uh, clarity do you get from these 30 day road trips? Cause they sound amazing. So I, I obviously don't have any social media. I have uh, two people who work for me currently had mm-hmm. three at the time. Um, and, uh, they just, uh, they ran my company so I could just unplug and, um, and it's just, uh, when you're not looking at your phone every week or every day or every hour, uh, it, it helps. Um, you're not worried about emails and you're not worried about making sure inventory is getting ordered or not. And it's just, uh, it's just relaxing. And I, I, I woke up when the sun came up. I went to bed when the sun went down. I camped out. of. I have a van that I camp out of. Um, and so it kept it pretty affordable. Um, you know, go grocery shopping, random towns. And it just, uh, it's like, a, it simplifies your life. Uh, I think that a lot more people should do it. And I think that the world would be a lot different if uh, a lot more people did. So um, you are just, 100% correct. I'm out, I'm out like looking at how someone built a brace post and I'm like, wow, this fence post is, or this fence design is awesome and how it varies from East coast fence designs. Right. So it's like the most basic thought, but I'm learning because I'm slowing down to look at how someone twisted barbed wire. Gotcha. Uh, I, I camped on this, this ranch that a guy let me camp out on his land. Um, I camped there for probably 10 days total. I camped on the way out and then on my way back, I, I stopped there again and I met him and we sat down and had a drink and um, sat down by this this um, natural spring he has. Um, what kind of out. drink did you have with this guy? Because I know you're kind of a pussy when it comes to drinking. Well, I'm allergic to like literally everything. So I can't, I can't drink beer. I can't drink White Claw allergic to that. So it was, 
It was vodka. It was, it was vodka. You want to hear this? This will be great. Yeah. It was yeah, vodka yeah, yeah. apple cider vinegar, like uh, Switchel. It's called Switchel. Superior Switchel is the brand. That's. It's just a. It's like a natural drink. I put vodka in it and drink it. So. So Chris, I should try it out. I I took this slackjaw motherfucker to Blade Show with me last year, and the whole time we're in the lobby, he's like. Um, can I get a vodka lemonade and like <laughs> of what a vodka lemonade? Never even fucking heard of it. And the very first deal that he and I put together was uh, me having way too many beers and him having way too many vodka lemonades. Roy and- always agrees to way too cheap of a price, <laughs> and I jump on that shit right away. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Stop he's taking lit. advantage of me. He's not stupid. He knows how to fucking And if you rub his shoulders during it. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> right on. So anyway, um, yeah. So I think that um, I've been trying. That was going to be an Alaska trip. I was going to drive from Wisconsin to Alaska and take a month to do it. Um, and then I was going to ship my car back and fly home. Um, and I, with, with just how busy we were at the time, um, I just didn't have the time to do that. So I... Um, I decided not to, and I just did Montana. Um, I can't do that trip this year because of the whole travel restrictions that we're having, right. obviously. Right. So um, I, that's kind of what this wall tent thing is going to be, is like just camp out on our land. Um, and every day after I'm done with work, I can just unplug and I, you know do whatever. I don't have to have my phone with me and, and everything like that. And November's a busy month for me, and I could sit at the warehouse all day. So it's uh, a good way to unplug every day. So, so you, you, you have this carving, sorry, I'm, I'm changing gears here. You yeah. have the carving hatchet, you have, um, a draw knife in the works. Taylor's doing some bushcraft knives. Is there something else, um, that you want made? Um, like some other, some other thing that some guy's going to forge out, um, to yeah, you know, I, do been, one more, one more big project or anything. Yeah. This year, I think we're kind of maxed out on uh stuff we're gonna do a a larger head from uh um from todd i also have been talking to benton freeze of don't remember his uh blacksmith shop something river forge uh sorry benton uh but anyway he uh he and i are gonna do a larger head project and then i also would like to get into timber framing chisels um you know, okay. which is something that I think um, there's got to be a, a, some sort of blacksmith that, that knows that or is willing to take it on and, and learn um, how to make those. But just framing slicks, uh, there's a there's definitely a demand for quality American-made um, framing tools. So, Are we talking um, about those four-inch, like, wide slicks? Is that what uh, they so, are? Yeah, well, I mean, they range. Uh, yeah. four inch, it's kind of a large one. But, yeah, inch and, uh, inch and a half, two-inch. And they're, you know, the the um the blade length is around 10 inches and then it has a collared handle the yep. handle yeah 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 it's what usually as a what if they're made in america by a russian are you opposed to that <laughs> okay with that no Ilya, Ilya yeah. makes some crazy amazing wood yeah. wood carving stuff but so yeah. i would like to yeah i'd like to do that and do a collective where it's like someone someone does a chisel uh yeah. someone sharpens it 
uh, someone turns a handle for it, a cool handle for it, and then we have someone do the leather and do that same thing. So, um, I mean, honestly, the sky's the limit for artist projects. I'm okay with maybe doing furniture down the road or um, some sort of clothing or um, or backpacks or, or or gear tents. I mean, where you can bring different makers that are expertise in their division of that project. Um, yeah. On board. Are you familiar yeah. with the Northman Guild? <clears throat> yeah. Dude, those guys are like, oh my gosh, the quality of work they do yeah. is insane. Sure. It's like it's like what you're talking about. One guy does the blade, one guy does the leather work, and yeah, those guys work. And, and that's insane. like an old style, an old. I mean, I I almost just said American style, but it's an old European style yes. where it's like, stop. You have like a guy who's just really good at woodworking, but he doesn't know anything about steel right right exactly so you you just have you hand him all the woodworking stuff and then there's a guy who sews and there's a guy who packages or there's a guy who you know sells the stuff there and and that's like that's something that has been lost with uh like the industrial revolution where it's just like you well i guess maybe not lost because in a factory setting you have a guy who's just good at putting a door on a car and that's all he does but it kind of lost its romantic value if you would so um, I want to kind of bring that back with uh, these makers. And, and these are all guys that I believe in their craft and, and they could sell and they do sell their stuff on their own really well. Um, but I just want to give them that extra bump and, and help, uh, help my subscribers get products that they're asking me for that I don't offer and then help these makers um, get their name out there. So it's, uh, it's really became something it's, it's kind of been an accidental thing. We came up with it. Roy and I actually talked a lot about it on the way to blade show in the car. I was like, man, I want to private label um, an axe. Mm -hmm. That was kind of where it started. I, I sell a camp carver, which is uh, made by council tool in America. It's 5160. It was a hot seller. um, And it still is. Um, great bushcraft axe hardened pole and uh people use it for camp tasks and then also carving um and they were sold out and back ordered through council tool for i don't know four to six months and i couldn't get any on hand and i was like man i gotta start making these you know it's it's kind of that whole mindset of when the when the market is banging down your door for something you'd be silly not to give it to them so i was getting asked for this axe and get asked for this axe and they're like do you have anything similar and i didn't um, so I, I was like, man, I gotta start making a carver. And that was right when we went to blade Roy. And, uh, and so I, we were just kind of on Instagram looking at, uh, Smith's and then a few months right. later we were gonna be in North Carolina and it's like, well, well I kind of like Todd Elder's work. Um, and he makes some really cool knives and stuff. Um, so I was like, we should hit him up. So I hit him up and we kind of worked through it over six months and then did our first release of, of that ax. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it was kind of an accidental thing, and that's kind of how a lot of these things work, um, in in my opinion. Well, the the thing that I find awesome and interesting is how how quickly and kind of nimble you have been um, during all this shit. Um, so, and and you see something, and you go after it, and maybe it works, and maybe it doesn't, and yeah. you just move on. And if I make my money here. And then it just dries up and move on to something else. And some mm-hmm. people, I feel like they just don't get that, right? They just keep yeah. pounding their head against the wall mm-hmm. going, why isn't this selling? Why isn't this selling? Well, if it's not selling, fucking, fucking yeah. drop it Something's and move on to change. something else. Something's got to change. And, yeah. and um, So I like, think that, you, you, you've offered a whole bunch of different things. 
Um, and whenever they're gone, they're gone. Like you and I worked on um, the straps. Yeah. yeah, we sold we sold a handful of them. They weren't like flying off the shelves or anything. Yeah. Are we gonna do them again? Ah, I don't know. It's not like yeah, maybe. it's not pressing, yeah. but yeah. it's one of those things. We did it. We made some money. You fucking move on. Um, and I think the the river set the the rivet setter that you're working on with yeah. JC, dude, that thing is. I got one right here in my shop. I mean, this thing is freaking yeah. banging. It's like I know it's a simple. And everyone who's tool. gotten one has loved it. It's a it's a great tool. It's a simple, simple little tool, but whenever you reach for the tool for the job, it doesn't matter if it's a rivet setter or a wrench or a fucking leather punch. It doesn't matter. Whenever it's made to do the job and do it well, like you don't even have to think about it, and that's exactly what this tool is. I have, um, a, I have a thought. Um, Roy and I uh, spent a lot of time, uh, usually late at night when I'm rolling through and stop at his house to just crash for the night. Um, but one thing that I think a lot of makers uh, and, uh, and a lot of our friends um, in this community um, are struggling with is trying to navigate the, the current uh, economic situation of America and how to sell things and how, you know, if you lost your job, how are you going to try to sell axes um, if you're really good at restoration or, um, or artists, you know, like, hey, lost their job and they're trying to just sell their work just to try to pay their mortgage. And right. I think it's very important to be able to pivot. Uh, and that's kind of what Roy was talking about there. You, as you, as you dabble in a project, if it fails, that doesn't mean that that is something that's never going to work again. It just, the timing didn't work, the, uh, which is a whole pile of different reasons, right? It could be the economics. It could be the season of the year. It could be, um, um, it could be a fad going in or out. There's so many things that come into play affecting the market. And, uh, um, a lot of people, um, I, I just got an email last night asking, um, asking for any recommendations, um, on how to start a tool restoration business. Cause Whiskey River seems to be doing it well, well, which is a relatively, uh, it's kind of a skewed, um, thing because we don't restore tools here. Um, I mean, I do personally, but I, I don't, um, we don't, that's not what we do. Um, and I think that all the successful people that I look up to in life, uh, have always just kind of went full into it. None of us have asked, you didn't go, how do you forge things? You were just like, I'm going to figure out how to forge stuff. Right. Or how do you weld, yeah. uh, figure out how to weld. Right. Um, and there's no easy uh, there's no easy way to learn this in a 10 hour class or, or an Instagram message or a, uh, an email. I can't explain it to you. Uh, you just have to be willing to take the risk and just do it. Um, I, I have failed so many times at so many different projects. Uh, we say let's fail a bunch more so that we can get one that actually sticks and works. So, um, obviously that's not something I project and tell everyone about. You don't see that in my newsletter. Like, well, guys, did you see that product I just released last month that didn't sell any of it, you know, and now they're on eBay. So, you know, like you don't, you don't see that, but that's a common, or I mean, that's a, that's a very big thing. I'm sure that you saw it in the garden art stuff, Chris, where you're like, you made a bunch of these things thinking they're going to be hot and like no old ladies bought them and, and you had to lower the price or you had to try to sell them somewhere else. Unless you're I, just that good. I did very well. I'm sorry. I did very well. I can't. I'll tell you what. 
I've told this story on another podcast. I did so well that the fucking government audited me. So I must have been doing something right. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. That was very well said, actually. Um, starting is the hardest part, I think, with a lot of people. Like, mm. getting out there and getting after it. I didn't know what the... F- I, you talk about welding. I'll tell you a quick story about my welding we experience. So I started when I was 16 in the body industry, working on cars. And uh, the first, I, I would stay after every night and help one of the, the older body guys there. And he told me, he goes, go over to that van, cut the front end off and weld the new one on. And I'm like, I've never picked up a welder in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you might as well start now. And I just mm-hmm. started cutting it apart, got it all cleaned up, got the new part mm-hmm. cleaned up and just started did one weld at a time. Does this look all right? Yeah, it looks good. Did another weld. That looks all right. And then I, I've been welding since I was 16 years old, literally almost right. every day of my life. And, you, and, my, to, and to think that you're still not good at it, that's what blows my mind. I mean, no, just, I'm good. I'm good at I'm good at welding. I'm not good at blacksmithing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Oh shit. Yeah. I'm getting Whoa, better. Hey, hey. Wow, you're just throwing stuff around. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I think that the. Um, the thought that a lot of people need to realize, and, and I tell friends this all the time, is that they need to be comfortable with failing and having it go wrong. Roy's Roy's the perfect example of this. When, <laughs> yep. Like, no, yep. but like when a hang when a hang goes wrong, yeah. when a hang goes wrong, it's done. Yeah. You fail. Yeah. Admit it. Yep. Move on. Make a new handle. Rehang God, it. it get it out the door. Like you, it sucks, but it, sucks. it it just happens and. I mean, from a retail standpoint, this happens all the time. You don't see when Pepsi Cola launches a new flavor and it doesn't work. They're not telling you it doesn't work. They just don't put it on the shelf anymore. Right. And, um, and being able to fail is is pretty much how it works in any of these industries. Um, and I actually kind of, I don't know, get off on failing because I know that eventually something's going to stick and I'm getting towards that, that progress I'm trying to make. Well, a lot of guys, the criticism is, well, it must be nice, right? Because they only see the fucking home runs of you're everything. So yeah, yeah, you're so lucky. Where do you yeah. hide all your money? And, and um, yeah, I know that line. <laughs> so um, they like, yeah, there there's a million fucking fails before the home run. And with social media and everything, it it's all this self glorification. Oh, look at me, pat myself on the back. And, and self-congratulatory, right? Oh, everything mm-hmm. you do is awesome. And it's all, dude, we only put out the fucking home runs. I mean, by and large, that's, no one wants yeah. to show all the shitbag stuff that it took to get to where you are today. I mean, you've been fucking, you've been hustling for years. And then someone's yeah. like, oh, Whiskey River, they're, they're this, they're that. Well, motherfucker. I've been doing this for a long goddamn time, yeah. and, and it's and you have failed enough, and you're humble yeah. enough to freaking to put in the work and and know who you are and, and what you're freaking about, and that yeah. it, it it's very hard to come across that. Yeah, I guess I didn't actually share that, but like I've been selling stuff online since I was 14. Started with model cars. I used to go to garage sales and buy them, and then put them on eBay and um, on the forums boards. Right? That was at 14. I don't know how my parents allowed me to sell to grown men on the internet. Right? Oh. And just chat with them all day. Uh, but that was, you know, in the in the early 2000s. Um, 
And and then I moved into Volkswagen parts. I would rip apart old air cooled Volkswagens and I would, uh, you know, junkyard cars basically and sell the parts online and then uh, moved into art. I even owned an event rental business at one point that failed. Um, it's just like I like dabbling in things and learning things. And um, and yeah, the, the like must be nice slash uh, you can't hide money mindset, you know, is just it's just silly. The sacrifice that goes into buying a new piece of equipment. I bought a Miller 252 because I was getting a bunch of fabrication work uh, handed to me, you know, like farm machinery around the area and mm-hmm. I was welding on trailers and stuff. I was like, man, I need to get a bigger, bigger machine um, and one that was more dependable. I had a, an older Miller, that uh, 220 machine that just wasn't keeping up. So I bought this 252. I sold my uh, 81 Camaro project car, which was a daily. I mean, like I could daily drive it. I sold that to buy the welder. But when you post it online, people are like, you can't hide money. You're like, I actually had to sell like something that I've owned for 10 years that I put a bunch of blood, sweat and tears into just to buy this new welder so that I could wow. take my business to the next level. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's just something that I, I encourage a lot of guys to to tap into is just failing and trying to, you know, uh, use that as a stepping stone to, to learn. If you're not failing, you're not winning. It's true. Very well said, Brandon. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap this thing up. Yep. Go. You're in La La Land. <laughs> no, I'm I'm scrolling through Instagram right he's now. He's trying going, to figure out oh, where shit. the ambulance. Oh shit! He's gonna to. call him. He's gonna call him. So he's this talking. is the part of the show where we give some people some love. A little couple couple little shout outs. I will start off, and then we'll go with Roy. No, don't go with Brandon. me. Next. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still looking. I'm still looking. I'll right, go. <laughs> Have at it, Brandon. So Jamal of Oregon Restored Tools. He's a good friend of mine and a good friend of Whiskey Rivers. He's been doing a bunch of cool stuff on Instagram and, and really helping out a lot of makers like parallel with us. He just got the uh, Messer Custom Leather Rivet Setter. So he's he does amazing stories showing like kind of every guy got everyday guy putting together axes. So give him a follow on Instagram at Restor- Oregon Restored Tools and uh, tell, let him know I sent you. Oregon Restored Tools. All right, keeping with the theme of axes. Oh, God, here we go. Shout out one of our buddies from England. Uh, Steve works with him. Alex Pohl, Ironwork. They just Mm -hmm, put out a mm -hmm. a, a series of YouTube videos where Alex actually shows the Hudson Bay pattern start to finish. Video is really well done. And they just started that channel. All the videos are really, really well done. Steve and Alex and... um, the other guy that works there, I can't think of his name right now. Shit, sorry. But yeah, Alex Pohl Ironwork. Check him out on Instagram and YouTube at The Forge. They made it that simple. Uh, what do you got, Roy? I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> shit, you're putting me on the Come spot. on. You, you look at Instagram like eight hours a day. Seriously, look in your analytics. Like seriously. I guarantee you it's like eight hours a day Instagram. No, no, no. You can no, ask no, no. Who, how many followers someone has and he knows. <laughs> Like, no, like, no, 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 no. Thank That's you, Brandon. Backwards habit. He's like 153. She just hit 153k today. Brandon, Brandon, <laughs> let me ask you a question, a serious question. I know you got a lot going on with Whiskey Trader and all that. <laughs> whiskey Trader. Or, whiskey whiskey Trader. What is it? Whiskey Trader Co. You know, whiskey dude, we've been talking to her for are you, fucking are you hours. Still don't know his name. Doing, are you interested in doing a podcast at all? You seem like you seem like you got your shit together, and I'm looking for a new co-host. So if you're <laughs> interested, yeah, we well, <laughs> Or, hey, I didn't perfectly. mention this. We don't even have to change the name because you're associated with axes already. 
You know, yeah. I think that I think that we should. You know, what we should do. We should backdoor Roy. So we should come <laughs> up with a where you and I talk on the phone a bunch, yeah. and then we then we just don't bring him on the next podcast. Exactly. Oh my god. <laughs> Shots I think the fired. Shots I, fired. I love that. And then we just pretend like he doesn't exist. He didn't even stuff. exist. Yeah, that'd be great. It's I mean, it, it's really helpful to the community. Yep. Okay. Genius. That's a genius idea. I don't know. Idea. I thought of it all myself. <laughs> are you Are you guys done? Who are do you, you got, Roy? Done? Who do you got? Um, so I've mentioned him on the last two episodes now, but I've not given him a full uh, his full official name. My buddy Lenny Cavender Bushcraft and Tools. Yes. Um. So not only am I thanking him again for the fans, but um, he Where's is these a fucking couple, fans. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Where can you find him? What's his name on Instagram again? Uh, Cavender Bushcraft. Cavenders, excuse me. Cavenders Bushcraft and Tool. Um, he's just getting into collecting axes, all sorts of um, knives, hammers, that sort of stuff. And he's one of those guys, like, we've all been there before, right? You get into a hobby, and then it's, like, full bore all the time. And uh, he's collecting a lot of really, really cool, unique pieces, and he is hustling to get them. It's not just like uh, he's sitting back and going clickety-do, buy now from eBay. He's actually going out. do Fine. He bought a carver. He bought a he bought an one of our carving axes that were was the collab with uh, with super um, super nice guy. Super cool dude. Amassing a very high quality axe collection. Thank yeah, you, Lenny. Lenny. Thank you, Lenny. Brandon from Whiskey River Trading Co. Find him on Instagram. Go to his website. Sign up for his newsletter. Roy, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth. Once again, we'd like to thank Evaporus for sponsoring this episode of the Axe and Iron podcast. Go find them on Instagram at Evaporus, the original super safe rust remover, and their new safe erase paint remover. Check them out at Evaporus. That's a wrap on the Axe and Iron podcast. <laughs>